Is this pre-show? This is Whoa. we're not even live yet show. That's what I sound like. Do, does CJ sound like a robot for anyone else? Yeah, your yeah, audio yeah, is all yeah, garbled. Audio. Just say robot things like bleep bloop. Bloop 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 bleep. bleep. Because we have robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, it really blends in. Yeah, dude. It, it, honestly, I think we should just go with it. We could be like our 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 business robot CJ for me. <laughs> I can turn some crap off. Just play really loud techno. It'll work. It'll blend in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually does kind of work. That worked a little too well. Yeah. yeah uh, Give that sample to Bo. That could be the new intro. CJ just saying Black Hills information security with this current audio problem. Wow. I'm pulling out things you guys, you guys don't remember. How is it echoing and growing? Dude, it's like getting worse. Like this, this is cancer here. CJ, you have, you have joined. You have joined. The group of illustrious extreme tech problems. Agents of the undead. Let's see what else can I hear here. Welcome to Black Hills Information Security, talking about the news. I'm your host today, Ralph May. John is flying away to some distant paradise. We have a huge set of news stories today, which we're not going to get through all of them. We also have a large cast today. We have Corey. We got Steve. We have a guest, Alex, who's going to talk about um, little teams hacking for us. We also have CJ. I'm, I'm, he's actually playing chess right now, but he, he showed up um, to, uh, to experience the whole thing. So He's uh, here in case anyone needs to be fired during the show. Yeah, actually, it's, it's, uh, it's like kind of an busy. HR mixed thing. <laughs> yeah, we've had some incidents in the past, and so what's going to happen is if we don't do this right, one of us is going to get fired. If we get Team Hunger Games, it's kind of like that, but live and just with your job. Is, your life. is this like Celebrity Square since we're all up in here in little boxes? <laughs> if we answer the question wrong, we get dropped out and uh, one yep. left standing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if CJ says pass the next article, then I'm just going to turn off my <laughs> webcam and leave. That's, that's when you know you've been chosen. So uh, what do you guys want to start with today? Well, there's nothing really going on, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, so there's no stories. There's not anything about Ukraine and cyber attacks or anything about that. Well, we there's... did talk about that last time that pretty much maybe they've got other things to worry about, but you know, there's still a lot of that going on. They got that to worry about too. Yeah. I mean, I would say the tanks are still definitely a priority over the cyber attacks, but we'll <laughs> talk about the cyber attacks. We care way more about that than the old, you know, old school pushing around things on a little tiny map with one of those little paddle things that like they do in movies. <laughs> the, yeah. 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 We can tell you've been in some war rooms there, Corey. I am an experienced general. <laughs> I have three stars on Yelp. Wow. Wow. That is pretty low. That's pretty low. Well, for a general, dude. I mean, for a general on Yelp? Come on. Generally, Yelp scores could do The only guy with five stars is Patton. <laughs> no, it was actually uh, Eisenhower. I'm sorry. I yes. I general don't. of the general of war, I think is that whole. We talk about the future on this show, not the past. Oh. Just start at the top, Ralph. Talk about Belarus. You talk about Belarus. You you know so much. I don't know anything about Belarus. <laughs> All I know is that hacktivists, which, I mean, I'm glad we've kept that term around, you know? Like, I, I'm up for a good old portmanteau, as they're, <laughs> as they're known, which is not a kind of wine. It's just two words combined together, sadly. Oh. Hacktivists say they hacked Belarus rail system to stop Russian military buildup. So this is, I guess, completely unconfirmed. <laughs> it was posted <laughs> to Telegram, which obviously is a completely valid news source with no questionable... Like, it's not like anyone could just start a misinformation campaign. Like, Russia no. would never... No, Russia would not do that. Are you kidding me? So yeah, I guess supposedly, if you just go ahead and take down a rail system, that stops a company or a country from getting invaded? 
All right, so I, were they going to like ride the subway to battle? Like, I don't, I don't entirely understand. The at the end of the at the end of this article, though, there's some uh, like screenshots of them like you know demonstrating access, right? But what I think is funny is like one of the network shares has got like key gens for like V Center and like Workspace, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like all dude, these like, VMware tools, just like free licenses. It's kind of funny, actually. Why does Belarus use English Windows Server? Wouldn't they be using? Uh, they they do. There's some, they put some like Russian screenshots in there. You know, they had to okay. make it better. That seems legit. It does seem legit. Oh yeah, here we go. Here's some like arbitrary ICS SCADA interface HMI or something with like some colors. Yeah. yeah. I, and and then what are they showing? They're showing like a little SQLI injection here. Is that is that is that the, the demonstrating like the 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 entry point here? Anyways, um yeah, no, Telegram is definitely where I get all my news now, uh exclusively. So it's only it's the it's a leading source of uh unfiltered news, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so I guess on this one, I mean, there's a lot of, I guess we call it, what do we call it, cyber warfare news about the whole Russia activism situation. I think, in general, I would guess most of the cyber stuff is targeted more towards misinformation campaigns mm -hmm. and redirection and stuff like that. But it is interesting to see this, how the Belarus Railway was taken down by, I guess, ransomware or whatever. Well, um, we've seen in the past, too, um, uh, the Iranian railway get attacked too that was a few not but a few months ago i believe as well so i i don't know if this seems more of like a target of opportunity you know like oh my god we just hacked into this railway let's make something out of it versus some a uh, targeted attack i mean it says that ticket know. sales were unavailable like i can't imagine the russian yeah. military being like we can't buy tickets how are we gonna <laughs> <Right>. invade <laughs> like so don't yeah, you so bring your own a, trains if i was a military <laughs> i would at least bring my own trains yeah that's, that's it right you stop the ticketing system you stop the invasion i have this ak-74 that says i can get on this train <laughs> i don't have a ticket but i have this <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what i was wondering if, if yeah. this would evoke a uh, you know a conventional response even in minor forms uh, when i looked into the article somebody referenced like when uh, they ransomware drug cartels and the drug cartels were like fine we'll just start killing people until you unransom this and they're like oh god <laughs> so it's like okay well there's they didn't plan for that it's like okay um, we're just gonna invade because we can't use the trains yeah we'll just, we'll, just use, we'll just use our weapons then like the ak like you know cj said yeah, you forced I, us into this. <laughs> let's be real. What probably happened is it just broke on its own, and they took credit for it and like made up some screenshots in MS Paint. That's what I would do if I was a Telegram <laughs> so hacker. Group. Interestingly, Corey, you were talking about history. We're about the future, and I started listening to Sandworm this weekend, and uh, it's going all through the history uh, in, in Ukraine and what Russia's strategy is in using this, and a huge part not just to shut off the power grid, which was pretty cool. It, it's, it's, it's definitely misinformation, disinformation. And mm -hmm. one of Russia's tactics is to destroy the Ukraine's public image, basically, with their own people. So they, they're fighting this on so many different levels. It's kind of interesting. So it's been interesting to me to kind of like hear the history and give me some context. And so then this story becomes a lot more interesting to me. So. Yeah, so there have been some legitimate, I guess there was a false flag. There's another article which we can transition to about a false flag operation, which, you know, is a classic misinformation, disinformation thing. I don't know if anyone wants to cover that article. I didn't get super in-depth with it, but... Yeah, well, that's another one. Um, Ukrainian government calls out false flag operation. So that's what I think about the um, the train one as well. I mean attribution is hard um how do you know it's not you know another organization pretending to be somebody else uh, in this case uh the ukrainian government said today it found evidence meant to connect the data wiping attack that hits its own system two weeks ago to a pro-ukrainian hacking group is what they described as a false flag so they summarized the attack in the article uh you can see that they targeted a, a cms and things like that uh, i don't see specifically what is the false flag here versus maybe deploying whispergate or um 
or whatever they're they're using. I think here. what they're saying is that the uh, real attackers left indicators that point to pro-Ukrainian hackers when really it was someone else. I believe mm-hmm. that is the like way that they're using that term, false flag. It looks like the ASCII description um, in the ransomware is also kind of what they attributed it to. But like it's like I said, anybody can do misattribution, right? Yeah. Oh, I put a fake. You know, who am I? Dot dad on the on the desktop and whatever it says, I'm Corey, but really I'm not. And how do you prove that or disprove mm-hmm. that? Yep. This is why I change my uh, language on all my boxes to Russian. You'll, not, you'll never be able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually hard though. Yeah. They they even use the same Bitcoin address as someone <laughs> that targeted Russian organizations with a similar attack. So like, I guess. They're willing to just not collect any of those bitcoins, collect. or or <laughs> they hack the wallet pre-attack. And- yeah, yeah. You know how easy it is to make another address. Whatever, it's not important. No, no, it's it's hard, man. You can only have one wallet, one, one wallet. address. That's not one. how the blockchain works. I don't know how the blockchain works. I just I just talk to you guys about it. Where's Bo when you need him? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I actually have a Russian keyboard. I don't not just a language pack. <laughs> so our, our, uh, yeah, that's how I can't get your password, man. You need to I know, it out. man. I know I don't even know it, dude. I just know I, what the keys are. Oh yeah. So, you know, the last Ukrainian article we'll have or Ukrainian, Russian, whatever Eastern European article is that apparently the cyber defense is in need of upgrades. No. <laughs> In the uh, Captain Obvious News Organization uh, official post, <laughs> if you're going to war, you may want to upgrade cyber defense. Oh, yeah. That's kind of, uh, you know, a good thing. I guess it is somewhat notable because it's the former deputy minister of Ukraine's information policy said, we have to remember that we are actually at war and we still have to do quick reform. So... I guess war can make governments patch things. Is that what we're learning? I'm not really sure. But this is not mm. news. They've been at war for how long? <laughs> <laughs> it depends Sad. on who you ask. If you ask Russia, they've never been at war. Never, no, they've always been just getting closer, right? Like a well, friendship. they kind of, you know, they kind of poked at the bear, you know. Yeah, the bear I mean, that carries Putin around. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, if I was a Ukrainian, I would think that we'd been at war since, for several millennia from the history I was here. It's, it's not very pretty. I wonder if they're conscripting any cyber defense people. You know, like, obviously they're going to conscript some lady with an assault rifle, but are they conscripting someone that's, like, going to go and beef up their defenses, like, on the cyber side, I wonder? Because it'd be really... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if anyone's heard anything. You know, obviously the Twitterverse is one thing, but it'd be funny if they're like, we need you. You are being drafted to patch Windows servers. You're like, <laughs> I guess it's better than the front lines, but... Yeah. Have you heard of WSS? Whatever. It's not important. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called cyber cannon fodder. That's where you, you, know, you, you sit there and you absorb all the heat coming in and uh, you know, take the first rounds. Dude, that honestly would be like, you know, if you are amassing, you know, resources for a war, you could just set up like some fake servers to go hack, yeah. waste, waste their time. Like, so just set up like a random domain that's like ukraine.gov. Or I, I, I'm, I'm sure or. Ralph could Docker container us a, a entire, you know, like electric company. <laughs> One Docker <laughs> container, the whole thing, the whole thing. Like, could you imagine that though? Them just like hacking, just and then posting about it. Oh, we got them. We're like, oh, that's, that's not. <laughs> yeah, you shut off a Docker container. Good yeah, job. Yeah, God, you got us again. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> We're making a new site. This one's way more secure. Try to hack this one. Just like taunting them with fake, you know, set set up. So yeah, I mean, you know, like it'd be funny if like you know how like oh the drone crash or the plane crash. Now we're analyzing it for parts or whatever. It'd be funny mm. if someone's like. Oh, if you defect and provide malware samples, we will provide you with a million dollars. You know, send us Shaw signatures of all the malwares or whatever. <laughs> like, oh I don't know. It would just be funny. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, cyber warfare is, I guess, less, still less scary than re- real warfare, but getting kind of scarier as time goes on. Where, it's, But it's not. You have There's... to bridge the, the kinetic with the cyber, right? And be able mm-hmm. to get that you know what we call impact on on offensive engagements right show that impact um and a lot of times that has to be kinetic so we think of things like stuxnet or um where there's real world or physical world 
things happening due to it, right? So can you turn the power off for a day? Can you make the microwave warm and spoil their food so they can't eat and then they can't fight correctly? <laughs> It'll be interesting if that happens. Like, I guess with the train system, I'm like, I'm still struggling to imagine how other than, you know, cutting off communications and things like that or like, you know, mm-hmm. classic stuff. Like, I'm like, okay, if you take the subway system offline, I mean, I guess that, you can cause panic, right? If you're yeah. able to cause panic with it from the inside, then that really helps your case from the outside. If they're disorganized, they've got more stuff to fix than, than what you're coming at them with from the outside, and you know, they're, they're distracted, uh, it does help for sure. Yeah, and um, it sounded like w- you know, what CJ said is probably the real angle, which is so, it's so unsexy, but the angle of let's try to make their citizens have less faith in their government, right? Sure. Like the classic. You know, if your town's being invaded and you're like, well, I don't trust the Ukrainian government at all, well, then you're probably less likely to resist versus if you're like, I will stand for what I believe in, etc. Mm-hmm. So they talked about during some of the demonstrations they had where the Russians set up cell towers and, and spoofed and just transmitted massive, you know, if go home, we're all moving over to here, that kind of disinformation, misinformation in an environment that's somewhat kinetic like that. All this is is another realm of fighting. Information has always been a part of warfare, right? Mm -hmm. Used to arrive on horseback. Um, But this has a lot of things that they can do with it. Is there going to be another uh, missile alert? This is not a test (laughs) like like happened in Hawaii. Hawaii, (laughs) yeah. That's a different thing, I think. (laughs) Well, but you could definitely use that in conjunction, you know, something at the opposite, you know, evacuate a town before you you know, roll in or whatever, but all sorts of there's, there's never end to the, the creativity that can be applied with this. Well, let's just hope that they're, you know, just maneuvering and that no blood will be spilled, but who knows when Russia sets its eyes on something, it probably, <laughs> it might be like running away from the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'll put on my tennis shoes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do not climb a tree. It Do is not, not worth that. it. They're actually excellent tree climbers black That's bears it. are not grizzly bears or kodiaks well you yeah. know i'm not is gonna it a bluff charge <laughs> i feel like if russia was a bear it'd probably be a bl- grizzly bear i mean first of all aren't they native like it you know so yeah we done with government let's keep going yeah, on government uh, you want to talk about canada one more one more let's do the gps one. Oh yeah so you talk um, about a critical system yeah the uh the dod so uh now we're over here in uh in america out of russia is testing uh, GPS satellite systems, right? So, but they're, when I say testing, they're Points trying to do for oper- space news being the, uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> they're trying to do operational tests uh, for US space systems, is what they're calling it. So, the idea that the GPS system is a full, complete system and there's a bunch of different men, there's a bunch of DOD contractors who are kind of uh, dev- are, uh, in the uh, product development here. So p- the making the satellites, making the actual ground transfer, uh, um, ground res- devices and everything like that. And they want to do uh, checks for uh, GPS systems to uh, help shore up the fact that, you know, during an attack, they can't be shut down or the- they'll continue to function. So, yeah. So for those that don't know, turns out the government put a bunch of satellites in orbit and that's how gps works and if what? those satellites don't work then apparently we have to use glonass or which is the russian system or what is it uh something else the chinese Starlink. one no there's <laughs> please yes google here's how you get your position go to google and type where am i that will tell you <laughs> where your coordinates are that is how missiles work they just use google maps which is why they get stuck in traffic you can also <laughs> triangulate to the ads that you're getting so yeah you yeah we saw Would recently like triple star vodka oh i must be <laughs> we saw recently that the russians had um taken out a satellite with a missile so that kind of brings us into that kinetic realm of hey they can just shoot down our uh or GPS satellites, or can that same be done, um, I guess, talking about Ukraine against them, or would they have to take out ours? Are we aiding them? I'm not sure what all yeah. oh, um, I countries would assume. have GPS to, to mess with. So it's I would the, assi- Well, go ahead, CJ. It's the same system, the civilian system and the military system. They're both using the same stuff here. So the, the Ukrainians very well could be using it. I, in fact, that's a great question. I don't yeah. know what other countries are generally using. 
Mm-hmm. Well, so there's actually even in the like hacker space, there's a so a lot. I think the Air Force or other, you know, this is pre Space Force, but there's a, a CTF called Hackasat that they do every year where it's basically like a selection system, but they have a bunch of challenges. Teams can it's like open sign up, which if you're interested in that kind of stuff, highly recommend. Um, and then whoever the top, I think it's ten teams or something, they get to proceed, and and then they're actually offered the ability to really target real satellites and go and try to break them. So there is a you know already somewhat established thing for like hacking satellites in like the open space, but it is interesting to see how the government is investing it in like the you know actual DoD real contractors, etc. So we kind of talked about one attack for uh, GPS satellites, which would be you know maybe like shooting it out of the sky, right? And there's more than mm-hmm. one satellite, and they're low Earth orbit satellites, so they're kind of hard to hit, but I mean definitely hittable. But the other way to um, attack this platform of systems is by um, corrupting or manipulating the GPS mm-hmm. data that you're receiving so that when you think that this would be the location that, for example, uh, you know, a missile is supposed to hit, it's off by you know, two miles or something, right? So you're just not hitting your targets because there's no way to validate the information that's coming from those systems. And so that's what the uh, DOD and the uh, military in general are integrating into their systems is some kind of validation for that data. So you're not just receiving it and blindly trusting that that is the accurate, um, you know, GPS location. Well, a satellite is a threat. Is, it has an attack surface, right? There's also like, you know, there's radios, there's sensors, like all that stuff can potentially be interfered with at the protocol level and at the actual physical level, right? So like if there's a buffer overflow in the radio protocol that the satellite uses and there's a way to trigger it by sending your own, you know, radio signal to those satellites, you can, you know, it's theoretically possible to just, you know, go and take down a satellite without doing anything kinetic and just Mm -hmm. sending data to it. So, you know, if you tell the (laughs) the satellite to adjust its thruster to, you know, negative 100 miles altitude or whatever <laughs> so, it's gonna crash like. yeah so you're saying i can send it like a a a a a a yeah, a a and it'll yeah. eventually just crash itself i mean that's another right <laughs> there's also denial of service and even with physical sensors yeah. like if it's a camera or something there's potential that sensor could be burned out with a laser or like you know all that stuff has to be shielded from emf and all that stuff so i mean it's just mm-hmm. a satellite is just a floating computer in the sky right on some level like mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're in, and obviously, some of the stuff might not have been designed with the current technology that we have in the current cyber, you know, landscape. So that I almost got to work on this, and I didn't, which is probably one of the more positive things for it. Um, but they can tell you the project was a mess. It was a very big government project. However, it did exist in the the, the modern era that it came in, and so they they're designing it a lot more security now. Will they do it right? I don't know. They're going to try to follow NIST 800-53. But we know that a large, complex system, there's plenty of places to go wrong here. I, mm. I bet they got a lot of big things right, but the devil is in the details. Yeah. So basically, if you're coding a GPS thing, consider making it reliant not only on GPS, but also GLONASS and whatever Beidou or the Chinese ones, because there's actually three. So you could like cross-reference all three and probably get a decent answer all three superpowers can't have their gps systems down at the same time i mean come on no that's world war three missiles are just flying back and forth being like where am i i'm lost do you know where i do you, can you talk what we need is decentralized blockchain missile uh targeting oh, system. Oh, dude. Yeah. he said it first he said it, he he said said it first uh, here. coined it missile rockets coin that talk to other rockets but they have yes, to mine they're decentralized like they mine why they flying like you know but then the government can't build rockets because they can't get gpus because of the uh, GPU. i know i know and next thing you know nvidia is part of the government okay and you said rockets. it right they're, they're trying to figure out a way to validate that data that gets transferred from satellites so it's better than a blockchain right <laughs> validate that data. nothing <laughs> is better than a blockchain unless you need to do it at any speed or any like right what's the uh, saying you know 
whatever you know this needs blockchain and just put like nothing in front of it <laughs> yeah watch the, the yeah wait yeah someone's gonna start using they're gonna the russian government is or the russian military is gonna start using air tags to track tanks they're just gonna boop stick it on the back of the tank. <laughs> somewhere there's a sci-fi writer that's going wait slow down i'm slow really down. Down. <laughs> like a plot. you guys are way too fast someone someone somewhere is drafting a vc pitch in their inbox right now they're like blockchain <laughs> yep. satellites i don't know where this is going uh, but give me 10 million dollars you're this is amazing speaking of the u.s government so i guess the uh, fbi reportedly was uh, considering buying nso spyware which is uh, again no surprise did they know they were considering it or was it oh one yeah of the no, shell they did, corps? They did. Are, are we saying considered in air quotes yeah i i don't I, yeah let's use considered in air quotes right a Freedom um, of Information Act request from 17 years ago. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they were trying out some of this and had, uh, you know, plans to deploy it, according to NYT News. But they decided against it after, you know, they found out that this wasn't. They actually just got on a ban list. The uh, what was it? Department. Yeah. Of it says beginning in 2019. So this is it is. I was joking, but it is actually a Freedom of Information Act request from years ago, or not even that, but an investigation by journalists. So. Yeah, the NS group NSO group was sanctioned by the U.S. Uh, Department of Commerce Commerce in uh, November 2021, uh, and but they had provided spyware product to the uh, FBI which they tested for years with plans to use it for domestic surveillance until uh, the agency finally decided against deploying the software according to the report. Two things that are surprising about this. One, they didn't buy it, or at mm. least it says, because I would have assumed they were using it. I think a lot of people, we've talked about it on the show a lot, people assume that the U.S. government is using this in some way, shape, or form. Sure. And number two, what did they end up going with, right? Because this had to be like a, you know, RFP. Or something, you know what I mean? Like, what product did they end up actually buying? Quest for spyware. <laughs> like, <laughs> if they didn't go with NSO, where? What did they buy instead? Ooh, classic case of show us what you have, and we'll just make our own. <laughs> can you give us a demo and yeah, some samples? I, and... Source code for this demo, actually. We don't trust that you guys aren't doing anything weird. Can, yeah, we're gonna need to audit the source code too. Can you just send that over? Yeah. I mean, yes, no surprise that they were looking to buy this. I mean, you know. We just had to say NSO on the show because it's one yeah. of our, you know, recurring segments. We need to, like, start ranking, like, the, you know, quality of spyware. This is, like, level one and, like, you know, level two, a, bit, a little bit lower, level three, you know, level four is... I like uh, it. It's confusing, just like the drug schedules. Like, how is five worse than one? <laughs> <laughs> Well, leave it, leave it to me to make it a little bit more confusing. Also, why are they called schedules? Is it like, oh, 9 a.m., Xanax, 10 a.m., marijuana? Like, I don't understand. Why is it a schedule? <laughs> uh, well, anyways, uh, yeah. Why, why would they not be buying it? Why would they not want to have, you know, access to be able to uh, read uh, information or access, um, you know, devices from targets so. what this tells us is that another government org bought instead of the fbi no maybe they're the <laughs> only one the cia came in with a much better deal yeah much better yeah. offer yeah ralph did you hack my webcam yes again yeah it's a uh, monday man you know it's his hobby did you get paid to do it no no i do it for fun Oh, well, that sucks because this guy got paid a hundred grand to do it. Oh, <laughs> for Apple? Well, I wouldn't say for Apple, but you know for what? Himself. We hack Apple for, for Apple to make them better. It's cool that they're paying out bug bounties instead of just sending out lawyers, but I guess for them, a hundred grand is like what? Two iPhones? Three iPhones? Not even. Apple sells a million iPhones a day. Found out that the other day. <laughs> um, so I guess. This researcher found four zero-day bugs. Wow. He was not kidding. Two of them did not get awarded CVEs, but two oh. of them were awarded CVEs. And this attack chain allowed the attacker to uh, control the camera. So every site that was in there, and he reported it to Apple and was awarded a $100,000 bug bounty. So it must have been pretty legit for them to award the bounty. For cross-site um, scripting... 
<laughs> well, see, when you, you cross-site script, when you cross-site script your way into someone's webcam, you probably deserve a hundred k. Because that is some next level stuff. Yeah, the write-up is really cool. Um, it's just on his own personal blog, which is always, you know, nice to see that it's actually out in the open. I mean, it's not like he walks through the source code or whatever. Or I mean, he does in some cases, but it's yeah. it's a cool example. It's a cool abuse. This is uh, Attack on Safari, um, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There have been a bunch of those out. They're all urgently trying to patch up. Yeah, if you've been listening to the show in the last two weeks, you've stopped using Safari, hopefully, by now. Uh, yeah, I've had no. to turn it off now. I just no. I can't trust my webcam. It's just so. Yep. Pretty good. They've been patched, and they got a 100K bounty out the door, which, you know, I'm pretty sure that's more than Microsoft has paid in the last 20 years, so... <laughs> oh! <laughs> Shots fired! Unless man. those t-shirts are worth 20K. You know, sometimes they send out other things than t-shirts, right? Like, maybe like a Surface or some other Microsoft... <laughs> Surface! <product>. <laughs> They're like, here, you can research this now. Yeah. Hey, do you want to do more free work? Don't worry. We have sent you another device for you to do free work. We on. think this is a feature. Do not fix. It is a feature. Everything in Microsoft's a feature until it's patched. Speaking of features, I know we're just bouncing around. Microsoft Teams. Can I just send a message to anyone in the whole world? Is that a thing? Maybe. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it is, right? It's a feature, right? I can, I can yeah. just send a Teams message to anyone in the world and it's totally not phishing? Yeah, so I, I I came across this this article because a, a fellow fisher uh, sent me the a fishing community. Yeah, in the fishing community. Yeah, the fisherman. Fisherman. Fisherman or fisherwoman. This was a fisher. Commercial fisher or just like uh, amateur fisher? You know, like commercial fisher. Yeah. Possibly. It sounds commercial if they're discovering Microsoft techniques. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were like, "Oh, this is a this is a new fishing technique," and I'm like. I read it and I go, it can't be that easy. So I just, I go over to just my regular account on Teams and I'm like, I'm just going to message my work account, see if it goes through. And it, it went through. And I'm like, that's just from my Gmail account. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So it pops up with the, the display name. Can I go into one of my disposable accounts, sign up into Teams, and it asks me what display name I want? And I go, sure. Um, let's use the name of my CEO at my day job. You set up as a CEO, send a message, sure enough, pops up uh, as the message. It, it still gives that warning of it's an external user. There are ways around it and certainly trusting end users to not click accept. But all it said was name of CEO in brackets external wants to have a chat. Yeah. Uh, so you could set that up as really anybody and say, hey, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's your friend, at BHIS, so you go, you know, Ralph at BHIS external is trying to chat with you, and you go, oh, okay, I'll just accept it. It doesn't show the email address. I used one of my disposable email addresses that was video game characters, so it's like, you know, Psycho Donkey Kong at gmail.com, which isn't my email address. It didn't show that. So when we're trying to go, okay, who is this from? How do we block it? As an end user, maybe you can block it. How do you report this to your security team? So that leads to the, the story is that I ended up working with my security team to say, hey, this is a problem. They're like, oh, let's let's let the infrastructure manager know. And I go, great. I'm going to send the infrastructure manager like just a quick note as the CEO on Teams. Uh, that was not that was not the best move. Uh, he did not share our sense of humor uh, with this, but it, it certainly got uh, their attention. Yeah. So some people have asked in chat, you know, how is this, what is the risk here, whatever. And obviously Alex covered a lot of the risks. First of all, a lot of organizations rely on the email vendor's solution for URL filtering and, and um, like, for example, Proofpoint does their own filtering and checking. Um, and their own, like, if you click a link in an email with Proofpoint, it goes through their URL filtering, which is global. So like, if I fish one company... And then someone burns that link, and then I fished another company with the same email, it'll be blocked everywhere. So in Teams, that doesn't necessarily happen. Obviously, web filters can happen outside of email and outside of that client. But a lot of organizations do depend on the actual email-based filtering of those web links. Um, there's also spam filters are mm -hmm. kind of helpful and, and um, good for reporting spam messages, which Alex mentioned. You can't 
if there's no button in Teams that says report as phishing, what do you do? Screen cap it and email it to IT? <laughs> and, also, though, oh, go ahead. Well, just the, you know, you can't easily inspect, right? We train, how do we train our users or how do we mm-hmm. train people to not get phished? Inspect the sender address. Okay, how do you do that, right? Like, they can set their name to anything arbitrary. It's basically spoofing. So, basically disable this immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and this was one of the things that Microsoft turned it on as like just an opt out. So they're like, we're just going to turn this on. So that was that was what caught my attention is this may have been a technique that have been around and I'm certainly not the first to do this, but they turned it on and you had to discover it and turn it back off. You know, and then it also when I tried it, it still renders the link in that little uh, pop up window before you even accept the little toaster icon pops up and renders that message. Uh, so that may also be some avenues for exploitation as well. Um, yeah, I like to I mean, see that um, with when you're phishing with uh, against an organization and they're using Microsoft Outlook, for example. Outlook by default blocks oh, an entire list of file extensions. Well, if you can team somebody, I can literally just send you an executable file directly in Teams, and it goes right basically to your SharePoint because that's what Teams runs on. Um, but it's uh, it's an, not just another avenue, but I think it's more impactful because of the types of files and things that you can send over Teams versus an email. Yeah, it's also uh, as a pen tester very a, a new vector because what real threat actors do a lot of times is they'll fish people on third party sites like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Which that for us is generally out of scope. We're not going to be sending malware in like LinkedIn because now LinkedIn's part of this pen test. It gets awkward. It's weird. But Teams, if it's run by the organization, is totally fair game for sending these kinds of messages. You can establish a rapport with someone like, hey, I'm out of the office. I'm working from home. I can't get on the VPN. Can you run this real quick and see if it connects or whatever? It's easier to develop a pretext in real time. And it's less, you know, people get sometimes get their uh, their guard up when they're, someone calls them or they're looking at their email. People kind of put that guard up. But then when it's a chat, they might have their guard down because they feel more comfortable. So... You know, Steve said it best, more more techniques can equal more success just because it's a new vector that people aren't comfortable with. There's no training that says how to defend against it. And in especially organizations that do a lot of like M&A and other stuff, you can have like 10 tenants in an organization that are all business units or whatever. So you might be used to seeing that external thing in teams. So it's just a new vector, but it can be turned off and should be probably everywhere. Yep. And I'm, I'm certainly going to... I, I give the training for our organization and I'm going to have to reinforce this as well, just from chat because a lot of organizations, you just by default trust, trust teams that you go, if I'm getting teams messages from someone. I'm going to trust their authenticity. So I'm going to have to update our training to say, eh, you know, it's possible that you'll get teams messages that you still need to have some, some scrutiny. Yeah. Every, everything is a phishing vector at this point. Like, yep. I mean, like Ralph mentioned before the show, We've seen a lot of phishing in the crypto space with like airdrops, which in crypto is like, hey, you have free money, collect it here. <laughs> you know, it's a classic thing. Like, what, you know, I've won a cruise, but I only have to go to this site to collect it. Like, <laughs> everything you is a phishing have to vector. Pay shipping and handling, and you could win the cruise, right? Oh, yeah. You're not winning. All right. So, what's next? Oh, we got so much. We could talk about more Microsoft stuff because there's been tons of. I don't know. We got device code registration. We also have a um, the Lazarus group. I think that's yeah using Windows Update to deploy malware. What do you guys want to talk more Microsoft? Yeah, like, let's do beat it. Them up, beat them up for a minute. Yeah, well, we'll go back to Apple. That horse isn't dead. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll talk about this Lazarus. Lazarus hackers are using Windows Update to deploy malware. So there's a um, uh, for those who are not aware, the uh, WSS um, has a Windows Update client. And I guess they're sending a um, a link file. Excuse me, after the malware, uh, like in an attachment, uh, it's a macro-enabled malware that deploys a link file and to the startup folder and includes a uh, Dell uh, and a hidden Windows folder. And uh, when the system is started, it uses the link file to launch uh, WSUS, and WSUS is used to launch the uh, DL. So, so kinda, this is a long way to say it's a DLL sideload attack. That is absolutely right. But it's, a, can, it's a it's a lull boss sideloading attack. Lull. It's a lull. <laughs> I like how it's funny. Like 
honestly, can we just add all of System 32 to the list of lol boss at this point? Yeah. Like, <laughs> multiple websites that have them. Like, yeah, someone's going to have like freaking persistence and notepad or something. So, <laughs> let, let, me, let me take this back a little bit. Let's analyze this a little bit. So Let's, after the victim opens the malicious attachment and enables macro execution, right? They hit the, the little button there on the macro. Let's, let's happens, the yeah. code run. Mm -hmm. uh, it says the embedded macro drops a LNK file in the startup folder and okay, we can write to the startup folder, but it also says and drops a DLL in a hidden Windows system 32 folder, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. folder can we write to as a regular user in Windows system 32? What part of this does not make sense? Um, well, yeah. No. Also, what is hidden? And when, I mean, I guess app data, I don't know. Maybe they're confused about paths. Yeah. Right. So my, my point here is are these like users who have local admin and they're like elevating, bypassing UAC and able to write to that folder or um, maybe they're not enterprise users. So they do have local admin. Perhaps. You never know. Or I'm wondering if this just epically failed because they couldn't write to that folder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what? But they detected um, them. They found them. Yeah. Right. Thought I'm good. Um, I'm digging through it and I can't. I am looking for the path. Windows update client to execute code. I'm going to execute um, it on my system right now. I'll let you guys know. Hold on. Yeah, just S trace that. No problem. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, I mean, obviously, this has been revealed. This is out in the open. There's probably defender signatures for it. Mm -hmm. In oh. general, I think there are actually alerts and things for dropping things into that startup folder. So. Alerts and things, you know, startup never. It, it's it's persistence. It, it never fails. Never fails. You got to get that startup folder. I mean, that's uh, why you oh, just never reboot. Just kidding. Yeah, it's Windows. You have to. Right. <laughs> if you never reboot, you can never get hacked. That's false. Well, no, you can only get hacked once when you boot for the first time. <laughs> yes. Yes. What was that? A uh, deep freeze or whatever? Where it, like would just like uh, whenever you rebooted, it like went back to you know no updates from ten years ago kind of thing. Yeah, that's good. To make yeah. sure machines are always vulnerable to the same Microsoft flaws. Yeah, for sure. What about old Elon, man? Did you guys hear about this? What did Elon do? I know, right? It's like, what did he do this Tuesday? No, he actually didn't do anything. Well, no, he did. <laughs> he tried to you uh, watch out your tesla's gonna get deactivated i know dude i don't even don't even say that man it's like bad juju um <laughs> so must tried to pay a teen thousands of dollars to stop tracking his plane so i guess he sent a private uh, a dm on the twitterverse asking a um college student who is running a website that does flight tracking for elon musk's jet which is kind of very specific but um that he offered him five thousand dollars to deactivate his account so to stop sharing because he doesn't want to get you know shot i guess that's what he says, but really what he doesn't want to get is canceled. Canceled. He doesn't want people tracking him, okay? It is funny that he offered him $5,000. Like, dude, for him, that's like me being like, yeah, oh, you're, a, yeah, you're homeless? Here's <laughs> yeah, here's a, here's a nickel. You're, it's a nickel. Go buy yourself something nice. Yeah, I, I mean, and now it's, yeah, like, like someone said in chat, now he's like, the teen again has kind of come out and said like, actually 50K. 50. Dude, Raise your numbers here. You're talking to a billionaire. Like <laughs> he makes 50k a second. You got to be talking enough money. Can't you track this stuff for free? I mean, just on flightaware.com or whatever it's called. Can anybody well, yeah. go do this? Yeah, but, but it's like the default settings. Them. It's like the default settings. You know what I mean? Like it. This this account is popular. It has eyeballs on it. So that is you know you cut off the snake's head. I guess yeah. it is. You're right though. And I mean it is. All you have to do is take the whatever tail tail number or tail identifier of his plane and just put it into a flight tracker API and so then I guess his it. account's not unique. I guess there's 15 flight tracking accounts uh, <laughs> that the team set up to follow the whereabouts of billionaires' private jets. Right? I mean, that's classic, though, right? That's like Google Gates, Bezos, you know, yeah. wherever they're landing, he knows. I mean, think that about is, it. That's yeah. that's you're paying off. So basically, this kid's holding for ransom now, right? No. <laughs> well, he never you pay he off never, one person. Now another person's going to start up an account and do the same thing. Where's it end, right? Do you pay the 
person who's holding your flights and putting it in public and all that stuff? Or I mean, you what you do if you're really smart it. is you pay him to just alter the data so it looks better, but it still tweets. You know, or like make it. You have twelve jets and just take a random one, yes. and make them all fly at the same time. Yes, dude, that's <laughs> you're so much one better. Of them, nobody knows which one you're in. Yes, then then that person's responsible for twelve times the emissions and the whole takedown. <laughs> then he's definitely getting canceled if he does that. But, make them uh, confirm. Make them confirm. Like they're electric yeah. jets. They're electric jets because it is Elon Musk. Okay, so I mean, it is interesting. I I think the most interesting thing about this to me is that this is newsworthy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I hey, mean, you're other perpetrating than, the fraud here, man. You're uh... billionaire offers kid five cents <laughs> to stop doing something. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, no one should be shocked by this. If you follow him on Twitter, he he would probably offer the the Fed five dollars to like take the u.s dollar out of current out of circulation or something like he, yeah i mean he's you know he's he's elon he lives in a different world that no one you know not in the real world but not like billionaire land yeah yeah, yeah. i guess yeah. he never so in case anyone's wondering uh according to this article that he never actually got back to him so never agreed on nothing i guess, <laughs> he never got I guess we know where he's gonna be tonight <laughs> which by the way if you're that kid that did that Please come work at BHIS. <laughs> <laughs> we need you. We, we need people yeah. like you. What else do you guys want to talk about? We got uh, lots of fun stuff. How about some banking cards? So 15 million uh, US bank cards have well, been... Well, 1.5. Oh, that's what I said. Decimal places. Yeah, I can't, I can't <laughs> see. 1.5 million US bank cards have been found. Can be the, found. Can be found on the dark web. Yep. From uh, Nord. Yeah, I think we're selling something here. D- am I selling it for them? I don't know. Nord Mine BPM. is on there if anyone wants it. It's yeah. $5. 580. For the card number? or Yeah, for the card number. And it comes with my purchase history. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's something, a real, real treat. So I guess MasterCard is a little bit harder because of their um, like detection for brute forces. But I guess Visa, you can... Really uh, brute force some cards out there. So I guess they're brute forcing card numbers, possibly. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about that. I would guess most of them are leaked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just what is for sale. I mean, to be honest, take all of these numbers with a huge grain of salt. I can go on a dark web marketplace and say I have a million credit card numbers for sale unless you have a lot of money to buy them and validate all of them. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. Also... You know, they don't necessarily control, banks don't control the actual numbers that closely. They control the activity closely. So if you were to purchase one of these credit card numbers and use it, it is extremely likely that it would be taken, you know, offline or whatever, that it would be identified as fraud. That's not always the case. But So we need to get rid of credit cards. When when are we going to get rid of the the plastic, right? Like, or or is this going to be forever thing? I don't think it'll happen anytime soon just because it's a physical, uh, you know, it's a easy physical way Remember to buy back in things. the day when they used to like, you know, put it on a, uh, like a, make a imprint of the card yeah, itself. And, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. I the mean, whole thing. I, I mean, I will say the alternatives are not amazing. I mean, NFT crypto stuff would be cool, but like scanning QR codes, that's where we're at with crypto, which is like <laughs> terrible. That's like the worst thing ever. Like, I can literally just take a whole company's profits by just changing their QR code to my wallet. Like, <laughs> you know, like, that, yeah, no one's done that. That's, <laughs> you know, where we're at is that, I mean, also this article, it quotes numbers that are about published by the FTC. And basically it says that uh, consumers are losing more than $3.3 billion to credit card fraud. Mm-hmm up from 1.8 billion in 2019, but I don't know exactly what gets lumped in with credit card fraud. I feel like that's not purchasing numbers on the dark web, but more probably like skimmers and other ways of harvesting. Um, like it probably is a lumped lump sum numbers, not just like dark web purchases, but. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not, I mean, obviously not surprised about this article or just the idea that there are tons of credit card numbers on the internet right now, which is no big surprise there. 
but yeah, I don't know. It's like still a thing. What? Hey, I thought those chips were supposed to fix this. As soon as we got the chips, everything was supposed to be fixed, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is there's no like Web three use the chip in real and on the internet thing, uh-huh. right? So I still got my stupid code, my sixteen digit code, and all that stuff. Sixteen <laughs> digit code. Yeah, I yeah. mean. I guess for anyone, for any consumers that are concerned about this, I mean, obviously check your credit cards before you pay them, but also you can use services like privacy or other services that mask your credit card number and use a burner number on each site. I, I, I bought my, I bought my uh, three years of NordVPN using a masked credit card number. Uh, <laughs> not, not specifically for this, but now I'm like, I'm like high-fiving my past self for like, good job. <laughs> it's like, oh no, NordVPN... NordVPN is just publishing the research. I think this is their yeah. marketing department going and saying, hey, hey if you had you're... a VPN, you wouldn't get. Right. I uh, maybe you they're know. about to launch their new privacy service where you can. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows? But knows? NordVPN wasn't compromised or anything. So, yeah, yeah but it's certainly going to use more privacy cards now more than ever. This is, yeah. this is mean, the thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know. The system of credit cards is pretty antiquated and pretty, um, you know, I personally, I think something is probably going to change in the near future when, you know, when a bank, <laughs> when a <laughs> bank decides that they're, it's their time to enter the crypto space is probably when it all blows up. Yeah. Um, when we start having, you know, whatever, hardware wallets or more secure ways. I mean, we all know the classic, the article also calls out the classic thing, which is, the U.S. accounted for 30, 35% of global card fraud, even though we were only 22% of card volume, because they use, <laughs> they use chip and pin everywhere else, which yeah, means right? when you go to a restaurant in Europe or elsewhere, they bring to your table the, the way of uh, authenticating the credit card. They put in your card, or you do it for that, or you, know, you put in your card. Then you have to type in a pin to actually do the whole transaction, instead of just, I hand my card to a waiter, he yeah, goes, right. swipes <laughs> it at a gas station, sw- you know, swipes it at Apple, then he swipes it at the terminal, then he brings it back to me, right? Or makes a copy of it. Like, you know, it's the way we do it is we don't care, I guess, about security. And so we are, you know, we're good. We're good at getting defrauded out of our credit card numbers. So number one, baby. Mm. Speaking of getting defrauded, you guys uh, read about this uh, two-factor app with 10,000 downloads on Google Play, and it was a banking Trojan. So there can be malware in the app store, dude. No, it's impossible. But I guess it was possible. They broke the rule. Yeah. This is against the rules, though. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's a two-factor uh, authenticator app that was on Google Play for two weeks. Uh, you know, an alternative to other real legitimate two-factor apps like ones by Google and you know many others. So now we know how long Google's manual review process takes. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, after, <laughs> after you can download it, um, but it had already been downloaded ten thousand times. And um, yeah, it was you, stealing uh, users' information. Do you feel sorry? So you do you me- feel sorry for someone that goes out and gets a two-factor app that they never heard of? They're trying to be more secure. Yeah, yeah. Well, so think about it like this: it could it, the attacks are more complicated than you might realize. There could be an ad that says "Download Authy," and then it's just a link to their app, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it can be like they can use they can piggyback off of someone else. I mean, I guess due diligence read who's the publisher is it verified if also if any two-factor app has ten thousand downloads don't download (laughs) it don't even think about it like wait until it hits a mill you know what i mean yeah wait till really in there you know yeah wait till the seven figure wait till you've heard of them before (laughs) or that well but yeah yeah, they'll make make a name like Corey was saying and then they'll pay to get it promoted in the app store so it's at the very top Mm -hmm. like right above the legitimate one and then everyone will be downloading it yeah yeah you can it's the same thing for web searches never click on the top result yeah Yeah. that's always click the ad first it's always the best one i mean (laughs) also just yeah it it don't don't take a risk on a new app for two-factor you know if it's a new game or something maybe like oh it's a new new version of just 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 revise that and say don't take a a chance on any anything like that i always wait for it to it's like don't ever go with 1.0 no no fair 
And this is why I don't have an Android. Just this. No, <laughs> well, dude, so that is an interesting thing. There is a difference. And this has always been a difference between the two ecosystems. Apple has a manual review process pre-go live. So like if you want to get your app in the store, they make you go through the, you know, pat you down and look for bulges. And then eventually they let you in. Google's like, come on in. And then, and then they're like, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Whoa, Look whoa, at that whoa. guy. Bouncer. What's that guy over there with the Gion glasses who's grinding on everyone? Get him out of here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that it's kind of a reversal that I guess make your own consumer informed advice, but there can be malware in real app stores and it can be there for yeah. an yep. extended period of time. I think the uh, the Apple debate one is the uh, you know they let you in and then they're like what you're selling books no 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 you're out <laughs> <laughs> that's old school man that they, they you know but yeah that was the world for a while yeah yeah they would they had anti but dude that's so anti competitive they were gonna oh, get yeah. sued out the wazoo well no they they but it's their platform you know so um either way either way yeah. We talk about the uh, hackers exploit MSHTML flaw. Oh Ooh. yeah, I know you love MSHTML. Good times, dude. Classic. I mean, classic. Bring back '95. Oh, dude, HTAs are coming back. I want to. I, I want to get down to the um, the nitty gritty on this one because this one's also pretty funny. Um, in my oh, view, oh, oh, OneDrive command and control. You had me at hello. People oh, getting hacked yeah. isn't funny, Steve. So uh, <laughs> basically, the the base basis of this one is that. Um, Security research by, um, which I think is the new company Trellix, which is the new company called uh, merger of McAfee and FireEye, which I don't know if we talked about that before, but those two oh, companies. Oh, we have not. I didn't even know that was a thing, man. Tell yeah, me. So those two are now one, and they come out with this uh, with this report that um, type of communication allows malware to go unnoticed on victim systems since it will only connect to legitimate Microsoft domains. So you talked about the OneDrive command and control. So if we scroll down a little bit, um, let's just talk about the flow of this attack a little bit. So we've got an, an exploit server. It's not really an exploit server. That's a C2 server out there, a file sharing server on the left. Um, they sent in uh, CVE uh, 2021-40440, which was an Excel spreadsheet, which has this exploit in it for that CVE, which downloads a second stage, right, a DLL which then connects to uh, Microsoft's OneDrive command and control. So we've seen that before, um, command and control over trusted third parties um, using the Graph API. And actually, um, there's a C2 on my GitHub uh, from another researcher who, um, who does this with uh, Azure tokens. I assume it's uh, like so we, modifying we know it can files. Be done. It's like huh? modifying files in your OneDrive and stuff like that. Yeah, just so like you put your command, it says it's a text file. It's either encoded or encrypted, and it says, you know, do this task next. It goes to OneDrive, it picks out the task, and then does whatever's next. But the, the thing that interests me is, okay, they go through all that. They've got this nice Graph C2, Graph API C2, and then they download another stager, which then downloads a C Sharp stager, which then <laughs> runs PowerShell Empire, for crying out loud, in 2022, 2021. In this article, they talk about how advanced this attacker is. How advanced is this? And how bad are the defenders to where you can get to the point of your deploying um, Empire after you've already deployed another C2, right? So this, this is, I don't know if it's for misattribution. All the EDRs entered the chat and dumped a hundred endpoint alerts into it. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I I guess my my thoughts on this are, are... Two things. One, we we had a debate, an internal, a little bit of an internal debate last week about are threat actors, real threat actors, are they using what we would call pen tester techniques or are they like using different techniques? I think this goes ahead and proves the fact that they're using pen tester techniques, seeing as how they're literally using stuff that pen testers or red teamers or whoever you want to call them have blogged about, have publicly disclosed, and also that they're using tools that are open source, right? Like it's it's very interesting the um to see it being used in real world malware. And right. well, it's not always the the fanciest thing that has to get in. It's not always the exactly. the newest, yeah. latest, yeah. greatest. Plus, and, it was retooled. And they're talking about yeah. defense industry is the targets of this. So if you're able to get code execution and actually run PowerShell Empire, yeah. it's too late, right? Yeah. It's, you're well, you're you're too late. 
and a, a super masked no no like if you if you get your ducks in a row as a, as like a malware you can do things without doing anything crazy on like the actual implant the actual loaders the actual seat like you know what i mean as long as you mm-hmm. have modified and use it like using trusted uh microsoft services etc like it proves that it does work and apparently people yeah. think it's advanced. So you should see what we do on real red teams. We don't, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you think, I guess we can call ourselves APTs now. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the diagram. Look at the diagram. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to steal that. Uh, I'm going to steal that diagram. And just use it in my next report. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just modify the empire. Is this part. where I start firing for copying and pasting? <laughs> yeah we <laughs> I, I was just kidding I, it was conjecture it was conjecture it was it's called a joke i'm not serious man copy hey, ryan are we recording this okay i have my evidence okay <laughs> don't look at my current report cj it's not in there. this is not the report you're the looking map. for yes yes yeah so my final thought about that uh is PowerShell is dead. Long live PowerShell. Yeah. Long live PowerShell. Right. So are eight character right. passwords. Yeah, is... They're dead too, but you still use them. So, yeah. yeah. Well, are you trying to summon John? Because it really should be seven character That's passwords. That's PCI yeah. only. PCI only. <laughs> he's about to call in. Talked like, about to be. Like... Uh, he's definitely on a plane right this minute because he just called me. In. Yeah, I know. He's going to call in from the plane. Oh, they yeah. have phones. It's 2022, man. They had those yeah. in the. Ease. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work I, yeah that's where we live we live in a world that's where it was available live. in the 1980s and probably worked better back then yeah Ugh, whatever anyways that's another rant uh was there any others you guys want to talk about you want to wrap it up here i mean we're at um, an hour so it better be good uh i didn't have anything else good per se so if you guys are good i think we can uh take this ship and uh sail out of here I was looking for a good analogy. I don't know where it would go. <laughs> Take this ship and sink it. Yeah. Take this ship and run PowerShell on it. Yep. yep. So, uh, well, yeah. Thanks for uh, joining and listening to us uh, rant about how um, Ukraine and their security and everything security. So uh, until next time, we will see you guys next time. Bye. 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 I feel like in Star Trek, if they went to Florida, they would get killed. <laughs> like, they're like, we're, we're, we're beaming down to Florida. Oh, God. Send the advance crew. In Star Trek Four, when they went to San Francisco, if they went to SeaWorld Orlando instead, mm-hmm. they just, it wouldn't have worked. No, they would have gotten killed.